Welcome to Codecasts, a podcast series presented by the International Cyanide Management Institute, or ICMI. This series provides our listeners with useful information about the International Cyanide Management Code to help you understand the code's compliance requirements and expectations. Each Codecast episode is designed to supplement the training and guidance materials that you can find on the Cyanide Code website. If you'd like to access these materials, such as the standards of practice we refer to, please go to www.cyanidecode.org. In this Codecast, we will discuss the Cyanide Code's expectations for stakeholder dialogue, as set out in Standard of Practice 9.1 of the Cyanide Code. So it can be useful to have that standard to hand while you listen. In discussing this standard of practice, it's important to note that some mining operations have concerns about stakeholder dialogue when it comes to cyanide management. They are wary that any information they provide about their cyanide use may be used by pressure groups wishing to present them as a potential risk to communities and the environment. The cyanide code's position is that in fact the opposite is true and that transparency in the use of cyanide at a mining operation is important in relationships with communities. Transparency as to the use and management of cyanide at an operation is the fundamental intent of Principle 9 of the Code. Feedback that we have received suggests that public dialogue on cyanide does help to build trust. Effective dialogue about cyanide helps communities understand that cyanide can be safely managed and helps them understand what safe management looks like. This is likely to reduce tensions between the community and the mine. Let's begin exploring the code's expectations by getting clear on who the cyanide code considers to be a stakeholder and what sort of engagement with those stakeholders counts as dialogue. Dialogue in this context means a two-way discussion between the operation or signatory company and stakeholders about cyanide. The code also understands a dialogue to be a conversation between the participants that extends across the life of the operation. So engaging in a dialogue with stakeholders means that when the mining operation begins, or even prior to mining, the operation needs to initiate a two-way exchange of ideas about cyanide with the relevant stakeholders. Over the course of this conversation, the operation's representatives should be trying to help stakeholders understand what they need to know about cyanide, while also making sure that they in turn understand the stakeholders' concerns. This brings us to the second crucial term, stakeholders. The code understands the term stakeholders to cover a wide range of people who might have an interest in the use of cyanide at the mine. Stakeholders might include workers, families of workers, local communities, various local, district, provincial and national officials, and politicians. It could also include NGOs, journalists, churches, schools, youth bodies, women's organisations, medical professionals, civil defence organisations, to mention but a few. This means that identifying who the stakeholders are is an important element of stakeholder dialogue. When an operation is first established or becomes a cyanide code signatory, it typically undertakes an initial exercise to identify who the stakeholders are, what their interests and concerns would be, what the best way of communicating with them would be, and what background information and knowledge needs to be provided in order to have a fruitful dialogue with them. 
This information on stakeholders is essential to meet the intent of Standard of Practice 9.1. Once the stakeholders have been identified, the next step is to engage them in an ongoing dialogue. The Sinai Code does not require the ongoing dialogue to follow any particular form or frequency. Each operation will have a different set of circumstances that will affect the frequency and nature of its dialogue with stakeholders. For example, an isolated mine with a fly-in, fly-out workforce and no nearby communities will have a different stakeholder and dialogue profile from a mine located in a semi-urban environment, drawing its labour from nearby towns. In the same way, the frequency and extent of an operation's dialogue with stakeholders in an area with multiple gold mines using cyanide would likely be different than it would be in an area with no other mines and no history of using cyanide. The code also does not specify a particular form that the dialogue has to take. Commonly used forms include public meetings, stakeholder visits to an operation, citizens' advisory panels, small group forums, one-on-one meetings, public presentations, and discussions with specific stakeholder groups. Whichever form of dialogue a mine adopts, what is important is to ensure that key stakeholders are identified and that there is an ongoing program for stakeholder dialogue that works for the operation and its stakeholders. Operations are also required to document stakeholder interaction and dialogue in some way. This could include minutes and notes from meetings with stakeholders, PowerPoint presentations, leaflet handouts, and notes on interactions with the stakeholders and the key points raised, such as questions asked and the responses given. In some countries, there may be legislation in place that requires operations to hold annual public meetings to present permit and license performance information. Such operations meet their stakeholder dialogue obligations by adding cyanide discussions and question and answer sessions as a regular agenda item in these meetings. In other countries, operations schedule regular cyanide training sessions for community leaders and encourage the leaders to give feedback to their constituents. Operations should also keep in mind that stakeholders may not always be literate. This means that they should take literacy levels into account when deciding on the means of communication and how to document dialogues. For example, an operation could supplement its notes or reports with photographs or recordings of the events. Verbal evidence from interviews with site personnel present during stakeholder dialogues is also sometimes accepted by cyanide code auditors as an alternative to documentary evidence. An important point to remember here is that the code does not expect all stakeholders to be involved in all dialogue initiatives. In some cases, primarily where stakeholders communicate using indigenous languages, dialogue is conducted via community representatives. These representatives then present the paraphrased information in the local language or dialect. Similarly, some communities will nominate their locally elected leaders to attend meetings. These meetings will present their community's concerns and take back to their community all the information required by the operation at the meeting. Information like performance data and results, developments and improvements. At most operations, dialogue with stakeholders will include a variety of formal and informal meetings, presentations, site visits, and participation in public events and forums. So far in this episode, we have covered how stakeholder dialogue typically occurs, 
and the expectations that operations engage in open-ended, two-way conversations with stakeholders on a continuous basis throughout the life of the mine. If we look at verification protocol question 9.1.1, we see that this question asks whether the operation provides stakeholders with information on its cyanide management practices and engages them regarding their concerns. There are two main points to this question. The first is that the operation is expected to provide information to stakeholders as part of the dialogue process. The second is that the operation is expected to engage them regarding their concerns. In other words, it is not enough for an operation to simply make information on cyanide available. Operations must actively engage stakeholders regarding the use of cyanide. Auditors will also have to evaluate the operation's efforts on both these counts, providing information and engagement. Auditors will also have to use their judgment on the effectiveness and sufficiency of the operation's programs for meeting the code's expectations for transparency in the use and management of cyanide. This concludes our Codecast on Stakeholder Dialogue. We hope this has given you a better understanding of the code's basic requirements for stakeholder dialogue as laid out in Standard of Practice 9.1. Additional details on this topic may be found in the ICMI's Guidance for Use of the Mining Operations Verification Protocol, which is available on the Cyanide Code website. If you have any questions on this material or would like to make any comments, suggestions or requests for other topics to be covered, please send an email to us at info at cyanidecode.org.